they worry so much about being perfect that they end up overthinking it and spending so much time. But then even as people start to progress, I notice a lot of people, especially businesses, spend a lot of money on ads when they don't know what content is actually going to convert. Welcome back to the Fit CFO Show. I'm your host, Amanda Hanquist, and together with my husband, Sean, we created this podcast as a way to help you reach your business's financial goals. We will break down common financial myths and mistakes in business and share with you the tools and knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our hope is that you'll become financially equipped for success in your business and in turn help our mission to make this world a healthier place. If you get valuable information out of this podcast, we just ask that you please share it with your audience and leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and help health and fitness businesses succeed. Hey, Alex, thanks so much for being on today. Is it Alex, Alexandra? What do you prefer to be called? It's definitely Alex. I haven't been called Alexandra, even when I was in trouble, like my parents called me Alex. So (laughs) yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. I uh, listened to a couple of your podcast episodes. Um, Yeah, Born to Thrive podcast, which is amazing. You're 165 episodes in, which that's a lot, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, two a week. I've been pretty consistent. I took like, I think one month off since I started July, 2021. And it's just kept going. Power of consistency, which I definitely know <laughs> we're gonna get that today. So oh, yeah, Alex is really a marketing guru. And mm-hmm. I, I want, I'm excited to talk to her today because I know that is a huge um, struggle in the space, whether we're spending yeah. time or money on it or, or whatever that looks like. But um First of all, like in your words, who is Alex Allen? Tell me about yourself. Oh, gosh. Uh, I always just tell people I'm just an online coach who happens to really enjoy like posting online and happens to be good at it and tries to help other people do the same thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And and I love um, obviously this whole health and fitness space. So yeah. what got you... I mean, what got you into that side of things? Cause you have this amazing coaching business as well. So what got you into the whole health and fitness world online? Online specifically, I started that back in 2021, actually in February. Um, I've been a personal trainer for almost 10 years now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I started, yeah, <laughs> I started in person when I was like 20. Um, and so 29 now, um, and basically once whole like panoramic happened, my version of saying pandemic, um, yeah, when that yeah. happened, it was kind of a big shift and I was still like training people in person and then kind of randomly found out about online coaching. And I was like, well, I'll try it. And I ended up really loving it and finding how much value you can provide people and how much more you can give compared to in-person. And right. so I was like, this is, this is a no brainer. So yeah. Well, you're not trading as much of your time for dollars. And I think that yes. becomes super helpful. You're, you're starting to trade your value and your worth and what you can give. And mm-hmm. that can be not only like emotionally re- rewarding, but mm-hmm. monetarily as well. Yeah. And it's also, you can just, you can also give so much more for a lower price point for the consumer. Cause a lot right. of people don't realize how expensive it is to do an in-person personal training yeah. session. Cause it's like, it ranges 
from a commercial gym, that's like maybe $50 on the very, very low end, all the way up to like 150, 200 an hour. Right. Um, whereas like industry standard ish now for online coaching is anywhere from 300, I would say kind of in like the mid range, um, all the way up to like 600, just depending on what you're offering and things like that. So you're still saving money, even on the high end. Um, and you're getting so much more. It's not just a session in person. It's you get a full workout, you get nutrition, you get, and a lot of companies now are offering things like lab work and like, they're getting more people on their team. So I think it's just the possibilities are endless. And I feel like that's the direction of the online coaching space now, which is so cool because it gives people so much opportunity to be successful in their journey. I love how you made that comparison because you're right. When you are doing an in-person, whether it's small group or one-on-one personal training, you are very limited to that hour, 45 minutes, 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. And you're, you're essentially just trading time. They might be able to give you little tidbits here and there with Mm -hmm. sleep diet, but, but essentially you're getting an entire lifestyle. You're getting functional medical guidance and some in with some of it, you know, and, and I, I think yeah. that's great. And while, you know, three, four $500 a month may seem like a lot. However, mm-hmm. look at the difference in the variables that you're receiving. Yeah. And what's cool is there's also a lot of coaches, like obviously my team included where we try our best to also educate on how we can help you save money in regards to like your nutrition and maybe different activities that you do. And we're always very conscious of, Hey, we're not going to ask you or tell you, you have to go to a gym. We're going to find ways to work with you where we can obviously be financially affordable. Um, but then even then it's like, I was a group fitness instructor as well as like a, a personal trainer. And so even then, like with like orange theory and stuff, like that's where I taught, it was 120, 130 for the month. Um, I think I'm like either the low end or maybe the high end. I, I can't remember, but yeah. even then it's like, yeah, I, I can barely, it's not customized to you. When I'm there, I try to give as much hands-on stuff as I can, but it's still not the same. Um, so I think that there's just so much value from this. Yes, I I completely agree. That's yeah, and I and I'm glad you brought that up because I I really hadn't thought about that before. Um, you know, so especially I guess our um, online health and fitness audience out there, you know, don't forget to I guess be proud of your value, be, be confident mm-hmm. in, in your rates because you are so valuable in, in multiple ways. Yeah. Well, a little fun fact about you is that you were a theater major, which I, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was so cool because fun fact about me, I was a music major and hey. yeah, I don't know what it is about these artsy personalities that end up making mm-hmm. really good marketers. Right. And so, <laughs> Um, so I'm excited to dive into that. So theater major to personal mm-hmm. trainer to now fully online. Wow. Mm-hmm. What was that progression from theater major to personal trainer? Uh, so there's actually a, a little bit of a something else. There's actually two other things, weirdly enough, in there. Uh, so it was theater major to personal trainer to firefighter to stunt person. Oh my gosh. Online. I was personal training throughout all of this. So like, I I always kept that fitness place, but I I did other stuff at the same time, but it was a, 
it was a weird transition where in the in the theater space, I obviously started to learn a lot more about myself. I think that's like a really beautiful part of, of theater where you get to learn more about characters and how you want to show up in the world and how different people show up in the world. So it teaches you a lot of empathy and understanding. Sure. And it also teaches you a deeper understanding of how to move your body and be more in tune with it. Like and what I learned and things. Yeah. And what I learned very quickly is I put on the freshman, in my case, it was like the freshman 40. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I had realized like, I didn't feel good. Like, yeah. as I started to learn more about my body, I was like, wow, I feel awful all the time. And I was getting sick all the time. And I just wasn't taking care of myself. I didn't know how to either. Yeah. But and the fact that you were uh, so young and, and feeling like that too. Yeah. It's, it's something that I don't think enough people highlight because especially in college, a lot of, I, I wasn't really a huge partier or anything, but there's so many people who like, they go out and party. And then because you're so used to that baseline level of how bad you feel, you think that's yeah. like how you should feel. <laughs> and right. it's like, you know, that's actually yeah. not true. <laughs> you can actually feel really, really good. And I love that you, yeah. you were finally able to, to, I guess, help other people realize that. So yeah, I love this transition. I honestly like <laughs> listened to several of your episodes. You know, obviously I want to know who um, my uh, podcast guest is, but yeah. I literally felt like I was hearing my story in parts of what you were saying with how you've, you've done um, half marathons, you've done races, you've done mm-hmm. bikini competitions, you've done uh, paleo, you've gone vegan, like literally me too on all of those things but yeah I, mine was more like I just wanted to know what it was like not necessarily like mm-hmm. let's drag my body through the coals right but I uh I want to hear like your point of view where did that come from was it out of a need of of fulfillment in some way or mm-hmm. what was your reasoning for for putting yourself through all of those different regimens That's a great question. It's it's funny because I never really viewed it as putting my body through too much because I didn't know what too much was. I wasn't super athletic in high school. I actually failed PE in high school. Um, And (laughs) I love it. I love it. I wanted to be athletic, but I was like a huge (laughs) music nerd. So (laughs) I did like cheerleading and I like tried lacrosse and stuff, but I, I wasn't that good at it and I just never pursued it heavily so I just never got better um but yeah it was it was basically I didn't know what else to do when I was a college kid at that time when I realized I wasn't feeling good and the only thing I could do and afford was run so I was like all right I can I can go outside and I can run um I was living in California at the time so weather was definitely on my side throughout most of the year and so I just started running and I, I didn't really have anything specific in mind, but then like, I found out that through Disneyland, you can do a lot of like half marathons and stuff. And so I was like, well, that sounds fun. I like going there. Like my mom and I used to go all the time. And so I was like, well, it's a good excuse to go. And then I tried my first one or tried my first half marathon, really liked it. And then just like signed up for a bunch that year. Cause I was like, well, that makes sense with no trading, no understanding of the fact that that's way too much on your body. Well, I'm glad you had a good experience with, <laughs> with no trading too, though. I just found random things online. I think that's like the beauty is, especially now, because there's so many more resources. But back then I was, that's what, 2014-ish time probably. 
So it, geez, that's a long time ago, but um, I, I used like random websites and I just found, oh, what's a, what's a half marathon running program? And I just started following it. Um, and I found people on like Instagram and stuff who just posted their like body weight workouts. And so I just did that. And I, I feel like that's even now people start that way, but yeah. I just figured out like, what can I do? And I think that's one of the best traits that I've, I don't even know where that came from, honestly, but I have always just been kind of like, all right, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to figure out what I can do. And so I just do it. And I think that's something that so many people are starting to understand is the best thing you can do for yourself because you can sit around and think about it all time. And there's things you can always do. There are, it's just maybe not what you see online or what you see from other people. But instead of putting yourself in a box and saying like, why well, I, I can't go to a gym or I can't afford that, or I don't have the time for that. Like, what can you do? So yeah. that's kind of, I feel like how that started. Did I answer that question? It's how it started. And then I just kind of fell in love with things to the point where I burned myself out and then yeah. I would just try something else. <laughs> yeah. I love that you brought that up. That is one of the things that I absolutely love about running. Um, mm-hmm. I love running. I love racing. I love all oh, those great. things too. <laughs> And, um, I'm doing a 10 mile race tomorrow actually, but, um, Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's one of those things, like you said, anybody can do it. Like you don't, mm-hmm. it's not complicated. You know, I think, I think sometimes mm-hmm. things get overcomplicated. Like if you don't mm-hmm. do it this way, you're doing it wrong. But if you do it this way, you're still wrong. And, you know, I think there's just so much confusion out there when, like you yeah. said, a lot of times, and that's, that goes for business that goes for finances, oh, yeah. goes for everything. You just need to simply take action. Even if it's the wrong action, action is action. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're doing it wrong, you're at least learning. If you did it right, then you made some movement. Right. So yeah. I love that. At least just take action. So I love to get into the nuts and bolts of the podcasts. And I love to, um, you know, for our audience and our listeners to walk away with some, you know, actionable items, something valuable yeah. that they can take and, and actually implement on their own. And so with that, I want to dive into, you know, I know you have a huge expertise in the marketing side of, of mm-hmm. running businesses. And so let's get into that specifically for health and fitness entrepreneurs. But mm-hmm. first of all, I love your content. You're not only <laughs> hilarious, but so relatable, <laughs> so relatable. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, but I know this is an area where a lot of health and fitness professionals struggle and spend mm-hmm. a lot of value on. And what I mean by yeah. value is like on the financial side, I'm always looking at things that in the terms of either time or money and our mm-hmm. time is money. Right. And so yeah. if we're um, trying to wear all the hats, we're trying to do everything ourselves, we're saving mm-hmm. money, but then we're, we're consuming our time when we could be doing other things mm-hmm. that are making money. Yeah. So with that being said, what is the area that you see the most that people are spending way too much of their valuable time or resources on? Ooh, that's a really good question because it's, it definitely varies depending on where you are, I think in your journey, but especially just starting out, people spend way too much time thinking about their content because typically like you may have seen a video like this where people say, Oh, like the video I spent an hour trying to do got five likes. And then the one that I spent five seconds on is the one that like went viral And people overthink it so much. So I think they spend way too much time thinking about their content, which is kind of the irony of it, because obviously there's some thought that goes into it, but it's 
a lot of times it's what is it? Um, it's the paralysis of like options where paralysis basically analysis. Yeah. Yeah. And so everyone's like thinking like, Oh, I could do this post or I could do this. And I see this person doing that. And they worry so much about being perfect that they end up overthinking it and spending so much time. But then even as people start to progress, I notice a lot of people, especially businesses, probably larger businesses than just coaching clients, but just like, or um, yeah, just coaches, but people spend a lot of money on ads when they don't know what content is actually going to convert. Sure. Yeah. And I, I see that all the time. And my brother actually runs Facebook ads for a lot of people. And he's like, more people need your help because I'm great at organic content. I'm fantastic. And I will tell businesses like till the day I die, I'm like, you nail your organic content. You can do so much more with your paid content. It goes back to what we literally just talked about. Taking action mm -hmm. is better than not taking action. I am, and and I feel like you're similar. I'm the type of person that's going to build the plane while I'm flying it. <laughs> yep, 100%. <laughs> I'm like, I'll figure it out eventually. So Figure it out as we go. But I have definitely fallen victim to having this really amazing plan set out into place and mm -hmm. um, developing systems and processes. And then I have it all <laughs> set up and I'm good to go. And then I start seeing what somebody else is doing. And then yeah. I start seeing, oh, maybe I need to be doing this. Maybe. And then before I know it, I have torn apart my whole plan and I have taken a step mm -hmm. back when if I would yep. have just stuck with, put my blinders on, stuck with what yep. I thought I was going to do and then moved forward with it. I probably would have been yeah. ahead. A hundred percent. I know that uh, even with like content, cause I know you're talking about the financial side of things. If people spent more I don't want to say more money, but you can spend less money hiring someone to do your content, like a good person to do your content if you really are uncertain of how to do it. And you can typically save more money than you would just running a bunch of ads and trying to just reach a ton of people. And yeah. you can always make content that's a lot more intentional. But then I'm very similar where I will just like, I'll figure it out as I go. Yeah. And in a similar note, a lot of times people overthink it, not even just because they're kind of uncertain of what to do. They're also really worried about other people are going to think about them. Mm. And a lot of coaches specifically worry so much about looking, actually, this is anyone. I feel like this is any field. They yeah. worry so yeah. much about their peers and sure. the same people in their field and making sure that they sound smart to them or like people know that they have their credentials it's and like everything. And I'm worrying that another accounting firm is going to call me out on my policy or practice that I'm preaching. Yeah. Yeah. And those aren't the and people who are going to pay not, for you. And they're probably not even like watching at all. They, I'll be honest. There probably are. I know I have a lot of coaches who watch me because they ask me a lot of questions. Sure. They might be watching, but also they're not your customers. That's true. They're not yeah. the people who matter. And also, and that's not even to just be like ignorant to that. It's also that potential person who might want to work with you might view you in a very negative light or a very overwhelming light because you don't seem approachable because they don't understand the verbiage you're using. They think that you're too high level for them. So if you dial yourself back and actually offer real actionable tips and talk in a way that's actually approachable, more people are going to come to you. I love that. That, I mean, that is so true. And I love the point that you brought up with the other coach or the other expert that you're worried about watching you is not your client. Mm -hmm. So just go, man. <laughs> yeah. 
tell me about your beliefs, processes, systems pertaining to, because you do an amazing job at marketing your online business. Tell mm-hmm. me about your specific, I guess, process system or beliefs with that. Ooh, so my belief is because it's my coaching team, um, all of my coaches have a very similar belief and value system that I do and very similar approach, which is important. So my belief is to be authentic as possible and show people all sides of the fitness journey. And whether or not it's like sexy or fun, um, I, I would rather show up in a messy way, an authentic way, than the like try to seem perfect or seem like a know-it-all. So that's kind of my belief. And, and my coaches do the exact same thing on their pages. Um, and we do the same thing even on like our coaching page. And then from there, my process is is kind of I look at it's it's I guess it's gotten a little more complicated as I've grown a team because it's no longer yeah. just you. Right. And I think that's an important thing to remember is that when it's no longer just you, you do have to make adjustments, maybe not on your own, like your personal page, but at least on like your coaching page. So it depends how you want to diversify that and everything. Um, but you have to do a good job of people being okay with not working with you. Um, but knowing you'll be there. And so with my content specifically, I still make sure that it's very relatable. I make sure that it's very educational. Um, but I never stray away from my values. I don't know if that really, but then also like, as I've progressed now, I kind of view like my campaigns and specific things that are maybe coming up. So there's obviously some things that you have to be like cognizant of on your like marketing calendar in the sense of, do you have a challenge? Are you doing something specific in the future? Is there something that you're launching in the future and having different runways for that? But in between that, there's a growth phase and then there's a nurture phase. The growth phase is when you push a lot more like viral content, things that you know are maybe going to get a lot bigger reach. Then there's a lot of nurture that you may not get as much reach from, but you'll still get great engagement, provide a lot of value, make sure people are well-educated and they trust you. So it's, it's about allowing phases of both as well. And do you feel like that nurture phase needs to be, so I guess, tell me the difference. Well, let me back up. Do you feel like that nurture phase versus that growth phase should be a lot longer or more focused at times? A hundred percent. I think that way too many people rush it. Um, Way too many people just want money fast and they get, they kind of get in their own head. And one, like, obviously I know this is also a financial podcast and I'm assuming you maybe have a similar belief where the more you chase money and the more that like desperate you are to get more money more quickly, usually the worst things go just because you're not leading with as much integrity typically. Right. And you so forget about your, you forget about your mission. Yeah. It becomes about the money mm-hmm. and not about the goal. Yeah. You deserve to be paid your worth. And I think that that's something that's very underrated. And I, I even talk about finances on my stories and stuff a lot on Instagram, because I think not enough people understand that obviously financial health is part of your mental health. And at the same time, it's also being cognizant of like, it's not just finances. So I, before I actually launched my online coaching page, um, not coaching page, coaching business, I was posting from about August, 2020 until about February, 2021. 
So I took almost six months of just providing value and just like giving as much as I could without asking for anything. If like you're like a Gary V fan or whatever, he does the whole like jab, 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 punch. And then he's like, jab, 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 jab. It's the same thing where you're just like, give, 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 then ask. And it's like, if you're always taking, mm -hmm. there's not going to be anything left to take. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to run through your audience and dry them out. And I love how you compared that um, because the whole serving versus money thing, because Mm -hmm. I will be the first to admit, I, uh, I hate taxes. I hate (laughs) accounting and, and I'm getting to a point here. Yeah. I, um, when it comes to that side of things I had, and I hate that side of things because I had to learn the hard way on how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why we started fit CFO. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this entire huge pain point that has followed me around turned mm-hmm. into an opportunity to create a solution for people in my very same position. Yeah. And so when it came to the decision of me choosing to no longer um, do nutrition coaching and go mm-hmm. fully on with fit CFO. The moment I chose to just become a servant mm-hmm. and not expect any reward, obviously mm-hmm. other than a paycheck, right. But no reward. And all you're choosing to do is to serve for your bigger mission. Our mission is to make this world a healthier place. I couldn't mm-hmm. do that on my own as a solo mm-hmm. nutrition coach. Right. I mean, I could to a point, yeah. But look at how much bigger the mission is when it's not just about me mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. And I think that we forget that sometimes because we have these personalities that love, that love the spotlight. Like, oh, everybody <laughs> look at me, look at my recipe, look at my cute button, this workout and these pants. Right. And, and then we sometimes forget, like, we're doing this to help people. Mm-hmm. And I think when we focus that being on our mission, the money then follows the followers mm-hmm. then follow, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, I've, I've, it's kind of ironic because I, I actually never really meant to like grow a following. I've been very, very slow about it, like on purpose because I go through like grow and nurture phases a lot. Yeah. And I have always led with the idea that I just don't want people to feel alone on their journey. And that whole goal has still continued throughout all of this because that's what I see through everything. And like, I've, I've shared like my financial journey, I've shared learning about finances and like kind of the ups and downs of that. I've learned about, like, I shared about my credit score and how it's, it's gone significantly up. Yeah. Like, I, got, I got an 806 right now. And I'm yeah. like, I take good financial care of myself. And I tell people, I'm like, it's scary. It's super scary, Yeah, but it's not going to get better if you just ignore it. A hundred percent. Same thing with literally anything in your life. Your mental health isn't going to get better. Yeah. So many things, especially finances and taxes. And I mean, it is all connected and it's Mm -hmm. all related. And, and I, I love that when your mission and purpose are, are number one, the rest is going to follow. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about, because I know that you have done some work with Buff Bunny Collection, mm-hmm. which I think is so cool. So I want to talk <laughs> a little bit about that and specifically what you were brought in to help do and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, the value that you brought there. Like, because I, I, I think that our listeners could get some value out of just taking pieces of that and mm-hmm. maybe implementing some of it for themselves. Yeah. So 
I still like on occasion get contracted by them. Um, it was just, it was a lot for my time when trying to split everything with like multiple businesses, but, um, I was already helping other businesses at the time with their marketing and more intentional organic content, uh, especially around like TikTok and everything as well. And there was, I was already an affiliate with Buff Bunny and we did this content house. I was invited, Heidi came and she actually, it was the first time we really talked. So we like, we're, we're in a group of people, but we're just kind of talking about, I'm just sharing some things that I had learned about like businesses and how I've helped other businesses. And I was like, oh yeah, you guys do such a good job with this. You guys have some opportunities here. So I was just giving some insight on things and the next day I get a message from her and she's like, Hey, do you want a job? <laughs> I was like, what? So clearly and, you stood out. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, I just talked like it wasn't anything like I was trying or anything. I, I, I literally just, I love marketing. It's, it's really fun for me. And again, I, I help other coaches do it. I help other businesses do it. So I just kind of shared my insight on that. And we kind of figured out how I could help support their social media side of things they already had a social media manager. They just needed more additional support in the content creation side. So I started doing a lot of their content creation. I started helping like outline things. Um, I helped them with their current slogan and some of like that stuff. Um, I like the, the, the branding side of things. Yeah. And I mean, Heidi and I still like she'll regularly text me and be like, I need your creative brain. And I'm like, all right, I got you girl. Like we're fine. <laughs> um, and I mean, we're great friends. Like she's just, she's an incredible person and she brings out the creativity in everybody. She really like pulls that out of people, which I think is really incredible. And that's one thing that I learned from her, which is like bring, bring whatever it is that you have to bring to your full capacity. And like no ideas are wrong. They're just opportunities to maybe like add insight or add value of some kind. Um, and so I got to help them basically just we did a lot more kind of relatable stuff. Um, and we, we really, there's now a bigger focus on like selling the clothes and how you're kind of doing that in the sense of how do you market that in an effective and thoughtful way that isn't just, Hey, buy our stuff. It's like, right. Hey, let's educate you on the clothes. Let's actually tell you what you need. And this is, I guess, a little bit of reason I was good at that too, is I worked at Lululemon for almost three years. So I was a so I like, I got to, I understood education of clothing. And so I kind of had that expertise already. So I just kind of combined that with what I knew about marketing and the relatability side. So we got to do more of that kind of growth in between launches and then during launches, a lot deeper education um, to help provide more value to our audience. I love that. Um, well, first of all, um, I mean, when I first talked to you on the fit CFO side, I knew mm -hmm. that there was something about you. And I, I think it's, it's, it goes back to your values and your belief systems. And that's just that you want to be authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes you so relatable and that authentic energy is magnetic. And I think people <laughs> want to be around that because immediately the first, I don't, I don't ask people often to be on the podcast, but I immediately, I was like, I need to have this girl on here. She's going to be awesome. I appreciate so, that. <laughs> so I definitely, um, you know, anybody of Heidi's caliber mm -hmm. uh, is obviously really good at reading people. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, I think that's, that's probably one of the main things she saw in you is, is that 
authenticity that you bring, which is part of your beliefs and part of your value. And I think that goes back to staying true and consistent with Mm -hmm. your messaging, whatever Mm -hmm. that, that looks like. And and yours is clearly being authentic and that makes you so relatable. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I think that a lot of times people get shiny object syndrome. They, they want to jump ship and do whatever it is next, which isn't necessarily always a bad thing. It's not always a great thing either, but that alone can stray, get you to stray from your values. And I think that's what I see happen more than anything is that people get such a, like a messy message across because they're not being consistent and like the whole slogan with like buff bunny everybody moves like we came up with that and it was just it was something that was very true to what the brand stands for and having even something small like a slogan that's very powerful to you and that like really resonates with your overarching message like I apologize this isn't really swearing but (laughs) for my podcast and stuff um, and also even like on my Instagram I say it all the time where I'm like don't be a dick especially to yourself yeah. And I love that. I, I should, I should that. And, and you're fine. Believe me. I've had, <laughs> my husband himself is, is a potty mouth. So no, that's nothing girl. <laughs> well, okay. That's good. <laughs> but I think that taking some time to do something small like that, where, you know, what the message is, like it can bring you back to planet earth very yeah. quickly I and think like, realign you. I think it's what Claire, Claire Thomas with uh first form do you know who mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. She, uh, her thing is, is be a good human or be nice or make people smile. I can't remember exactly. I'd have to look it up specifically, but like she's had that forever. And you can mm-hmm. tell that she, as a person, obviously I've never had a one-on-one conversation with her, but, but that's never strayed. That's never, mm-hmm. that's always stayed the same. And you can tell just in all of her videos and stories and content that that is truly who she is. Yeah. And it goes back to, um, how oh, I was listening to something else where it talked about if you, uh, you know, the way somebody interacts with a waiter at a restaurant, yes, right? Like you can yep. tell what kind of a person they are by 100%. how they treat a waiter. Good day, yep. bad day, doesn't matter how you treat people that you don't necessarily need in your life says mm-hmm. a lot about you. I, that's why I would always go on first dates at like restaurants. Cause I would yeah. always be curious with how they would treat them. Right. It's not about paying the bill or anything. I was always like curious, how are you going to treat the waiter? Yep. Um, I a thousand percent agree with that. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love it. So I want to talk a little bit about team versus lone wolf. Mm-hmm. So, um, tell me what it was like being part of a collaborative team, like a, mm-hmm. a big team, like buff bunny versus, um, and I know you have a team now for mm-hmm. what you do, mm-hmm. but I know you didn't always have a team. So tell mm-hmm. me about, um, obviously if you can do it yourself, you can go faster, but then there are growing pains when yeah. it comes to a team. And, but I think there's a lot of benefit to that too. So I want to hear your take on having a team, hiring things out that you're maybe not necessarily great at. Mm -hmm. Um, versus being a lone wolf and trying to do everything yourself. Yeah, I think that it's funny because I I definitely see what you mean by if you do it alone, you can grow faster because that's definitely kind of what my trajectory was. But a lot of times too, it's not the best growth. (laughs) Right, like it's it's just like Hail Marys all over the place because you're just so consumed. 
Yes. And so it burns you out very quickly. Um, and I think one of the great qualities of a leader is somebody who's willing and happy to hire out um, and recognize where you have opportunities to do that. Um, and working at Buff Bunny, that was definitely a big eye opener too, where there was a lot of areas that she hired out for. And then she's also very intentional with where she goes. Um, and then that helped me kind of better understand how I want to also have my business um, and gave me opportunities to see where you can be very intentional with who you hire. Um, obviously, maybe every hire doesn't work out. And I'm obviously a big fan of uh, Layla Hermosi and Alex Hermosi because I think that yeah. they, like Layla specifically, she offers so much insight on hiring and like backend operations. And it's great to see how she communicates about people she hires because yeah. I, for so long, felt scared to hire a team because I'm like, these are people's lives, this is people's health. This is like such a vulnerable journey for so many people. What if I hire a bad coach? And what if like they they mess up somebody's health? Or what if like I have to micromanage them? And I just, I didn't, one, I didn't trust myself to be a good leader. Two, I was so scared of the repercussions of hiring somebody badly um, or not a good fit that it would then just ruin everything because it's like your reputation is everything. And I, I hold myself to such a high standard. I expect the same from anyone I work with and recognizing that you have to trust people. You do like, maybe they aren't going to end up being a good fit. Hopefully you can learn along the way, like how to interview well, good questions to ask, how to read people well, but then there's a point where you have to just let go and trust them and trust them to do their job well. But also one thing that Layla said is, it's your job to teach people the expectations that you have. And I created a whole training course for my for my coaches and it's a whole progression one. I tried to be really thoughtful with it and I'm constantly updating it. But I did for all of like our backend systems, everything that's relevant to them. So I took the time to really make sure that there's a deep understanding of my expectations, my values, like the business's values, the values they should hold themselves to, to be part of the business, and then also how to do all of the things. And I make myself very available to them because I, I want them to feel comfortable, comfortable and confident to speak to me whenever. Doesn't mean that I'm always answering my phone. No, they, they know that. Like they know there's sometimes where I'm, I'm sleeping or whatever, but right. like they're very communicative and it's, it's very collaborative. And I think that's really good thing because everyone kind of brings their own strengths and also recognizes their own weaknesses and ask for help in the areas where it makes sense for them to ask for help. It's not an expectation for them to know those answers. Yeah. Yeah. And making them, them feel comfortable about that because mm -hmm. I feel like too, um, a lot of times we forget that it is so hard to, to find amazing team members and mm -hmm. we have to treat our team just as good as we would a client. Right. Yep. And, and, um, and that's huge. So let's talk about, I wanted to kind of circle back around to, uh, we were talking, we touched a little bit on, um, team members and getting your audience to feel mm -hmm. comfortable with not just you, but your mm -hmm. team. Let's talk about that with messaging and marketing. Yeah. How do you slowly make that shift so that when a new consumer comes in, they're not like, well, I don't want to work with, you know, your coach. I want to work with you. How mm -hmm. do you display that? How do you get, cause I know that a lot of people out there are like, mm -hmm. I want to hire, but nobody wants to work with them. They won't, they all want to work with me. 
Yeah. So part of it's going to come down to your sales. So how you're portraying your message, like when you actually speak to people, which is really important to use we, our, like you're not just saying, oh, you're going to be working with me. Or it's like, why did you decide to work with me or apply to work with us? And just being very thoughtful of the way that you communicate when you do get on calls, but also in the marketing stance, one, if you have a coaching page, making sure your coaches are on your coaching page, it shouldn't just be you everywhere. Um, I also think it's really important to be thoughtful of the expectations you set for an assistant coach. It shouldn't, in my opinion, this is completely my opinion. It shouldn't be their job to necessarily have to build these hundred thousand follower like platforms or something, or like they shouldn't have to be doing these crazy marketing because marketing is, is my expertise. I give them videos and I'm like, Hey, I want you to do like exactly this, obviously add your own spin to it, but I give them the outlines and then I use the videos on our coaching page. So I do the, the whole like dual posting, like cross posting that you can do now on Instagram. So I make sure their faces are seen, which is huge because the more they see their faces, the better. I put them a lot of my stories. I share a lot of our like group coaching calls. I show how collaborative we are. Um, and then I also make sure that it's clear that like I oversee everything and that like if you're not working with me, you still get to see me and you still get to talk to me because um, and not that I'm like the end all be all anyway. He's like, you know, you get to do this. It's just like, I know that I'm part of the equation when they sign up anyways. So just being thoughtful in that. Um, so the verbiage you use to be more specific, and then also making sure that they actually get some of the spotlight. It shouldn't, it's not the Alex team. It's yes. like the lips with Alex team. And so, yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so valuable. And especially, so what really hit me there is changing your messaging. Yes. Uh, because at the beginning, it is just you, right? Mm -hmm. And so of course you're not going to say we, they're yeah. going to be like, who else? Who? <laughs> yeah. But, but when you do start to want to build a team, transitioning to we, our, us, making sure mm -hmm. your team is being displayed on your business page yeah. with you, um, and then having clear expectations, feeding them scripts, I think is, mm -hmm. is amazing with their own spin on it. Let their personality shine through. Um, I love it. So, so much value in this podcast episode today. I just kind of want to circle back around on, on some of these uh, big takeaways, but I would say number one is just take action. Not everybody is a build a plane while they're flying it type of people, but you'll find that the quicker you can just go without mm -hmm. overthinking the, yeah. the faster you can go mm -hmm. um, and stop worrying about who's watching you. You're talking to your client, not the other coach, not the yeah. other, uh, you know, expert in the room. Um, and then I think the big one for me that I especially love about you is how much you have stuck to your values and beliefs mm -hmm. over the years with being authentic and being relatable. Um, and then I really like how you talked about having different phases in your marketing, mm -hmm. having that nurture phase be a priority mm -hmm. before always asking. Obviously, we eventually mm -hmm. have to make an ask, but make sure we're not over asking or not overdoing mm -hmm. that growth phase. Um, and then just being intentional and willing to learn from each other, I yeah. think it's, is a huge one. I think sometimes, sometimes we can always like, feel like we know it all or we're the expert mm -hmm. or we're better off doing it on our own. But when we can learn from others and be willing to bring on team members to help us grow and create a bigger, um, bigger team. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to messaging, being sure that we're communicating, we, ours, us, so that your audience will then trust your team too. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to add? No, I don't think so. I was like, <laughs> that was a very good summary. I feel like it's, I, 
if anything, like you already said, take action. I think that's, will forever be the like <laughs> thing we need to ingrain yeah. in everyone's brain. Yep. Yep. Well, um, Alex, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know that you have a program coming out soon for your marketing, um, with health and fitness professionals, which I think is absolutely amazing. So I can't wait to hear <laughs> more about that. Um, I'm going to link your information in the show notes so people can reach out to you if they have questions or want to get help and get started on, um, how they can better, um, use marketing and, and some of those things in their own business. So thanks again. Yeah. Thank you so much. I had a great time. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast, your Instagram story, your Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help other health and fitness entrepreneurs out there succeed in business. We so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable. Oh, 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 o